0: Well, here we are this morning. Uh, we're actually, I don't know what part this is. I think it's part six of our series called uh, Wisdom. We've been talking about wisdom uh, being the principal thing. And our key verse is actually from Proverbs 4 7. And uh, before I just go there, you know, uh, a couple of different things. We, the website, our new website will be probably up and running uh, in about a week or two. I keep saying that. But uh, I'm at the final stages of it now. It's all done. Okay. Uh, so for the two things that I'm that uh, the head office is working on, it. and uh, once we get those things out and out, we'll be up and running. With that too, we also have the funds to get the new camera. We have the funds to get all that, but we also got out the computer we need to get, we need to replace. So we almost need just as much money as we did for the camera for the new computer. So we're working on that, because even though we can get the camera, we can't operate the camera without the computer. Mm. So, uh, but anyway, so we're working on that. That will totally revolutionized our whole uh, live streaming that we've been doing. But we're working in that direction. We will get there. Uh, so mm-hmm. that just gives you a heads up, uh, especially those that are our live stream, mm-hmm. what's that taking place with that. To we'll get better audio, better visual. It, it's going to open the door for a lot of different things, yeah. uh, including a lot of different social media that we're going to be on, yeah. including Apple TV, uh, I think, uh, I remember, right, Roku, right, Roku. Yeah. TV, uh, there's a lot of different Outlets will be on to. I know some of us don't even know what those terms are. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what those terms are. But people who do know what those terms are, we the bottom line is we're going to be out broadcasting at a lot of different venues. Uh, and there'll be quality venues. Uh, that the camera will be quality. The audio will be quality. Uh, even the some of the graphics on it will be quality. Um, it's not. And, and so that it when people turn the channel, so to speak, they see something that's quality mm-hmm. that, that they can they'll they'll tune they'll even maybe tune in and listen and hear mm-hmm. the gospel. That's, right. that's the that's the, the purpose behind yeah. all that quality, mm-hmm. is so that it's presentable for people to uh, listen to and whatnot. Anyway, nothing uh, advertisements on that, but that's something we've been very uh, heavily working on, and we should be able to launch that very soon. Again, okay. lot of the new website, I'll announce it. We'll broadcast it out there once we're ready with that. Going back to the message, uh, Proverbs 4, 7 is our key verse. And it says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Uh, not only is wisdom the principal thing, which we've been talking about, we've been doing a lot of comparison between the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of man. And the wisdom of man is wisdom. But it's not the wisdom of God. It appears wisdom because it is. It appears wise. The, knowledge of, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there is wisdom in there. But it's being wise in your own eyes. I don't have time to reteach all that right now. But it, there, there is wisdom in there. But there's the wisdom of God in the tree of life. And we want to operate in the, with the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, We've been talking about uh, how we need to have a relationship with God. We need to have a relationship with wisdom. We talked uh, several weeks ago, I think about about two weeks ago now, how even in Proverbs, it it portrays wisdom as a her. Pursue her. Uh, One main thing I brought out, we need to have a relationship with God. We need to have a relationship with her. Just like a man would have a relationship with a woman, we pursue her and embrace her and have a relationship with her. But uh, and we'll get into some of that again in just a few moments. But there's this, it says wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. We need to pursue it. It's there. It's crying out in the streets we've read in the Book, Book of Proverbs. It's crying out. It's everywhere. The wisdom of God is everywhere. But we need to go get it. We need to pursue it in that sense. Um... We've also talked at the very beginning, which is really the core behind all this, the gospel, the, the, the cross is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And all this wisdom, all this po- points to the cross. If the wisdom that is from above, because we talk about in James, the wisdom that's from that's earthly and sensual and demonic versus the, the wisdom that's from above, if we get that wisdom then it, sh- it should point to the cross. The wisdom should point to who we are in Christ. The, that's why the, uh, the wisdom is also a relationship. Because the, the message of the cross, the message of Jesus, is that he reconciled us in the right relationship with him. You know, I, I was thinking just yesterday, I think I posted it on Facebook, just as a foundational question, But it, it's just a foundational question for everybody, is that are, do we have a relationship with God? Through Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people say they have a relationship with God, but is it through uh, Jesus Christ or is it through their own wisdom, their own reasoning, their own religion, their own uh, whatever you want to put that, that equation? But we must have our relationship with God, must be through the person of Jesus Christ. And it's because of Jesus who have reconciled or made right this relationship with Him. That is the wisdom of God. And if Christ is in us, then he who is wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, will operate in wisdom. We've talked about in James chapter 3 how there's, I think it was eight or nine characteristics of wisdom. It's pure, it's peaceable, it's willing to be entreated, it's full of mercy, without hypocrisy, it's gentle, it's kind. The wisdom of man is not always that way. But the wisdom of God will always be peaceable. It will always be pure. Hopefully I'm making sense for some of this. Um, go with me real quick to Proverbs eight thirteen, 13. And uh, starting next week for sure, I've been announcing this. And so we're going to start talking about the, the house of wisdom. And there's seven pillars of wisdom. But uh, I want to do one more... Uh, message today before I go there, <clears throat> and it springs from this verse as well as many other verses like it that we're going to get to in a few minutes. But Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way, in the proud mouth do I hate. There's a lot in this verse I'm not so much you're going to focus on, but really that first sentence or that first phrase that the fear of the Lord is to pay evil. The last two weeks we've been talking about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we've been talking a lot about the fear of the Lord. And when we talk about the fear of the Lord, some people are not comfortable with that subject. First of all, they don't understand the fear of the Lord. And I've also mentioned that talking about the fear of the Lord has not been taught a lot these days. Mm -hmm. I've also talked about the fear of the Lord. is not It's not a tormenting fear. To be afraid of God. I've also highlighted in the last couple of weeks uh, some scriptures. It says in Timothy that God is not giving us a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. We also know in 1 John chapter 4 that perfect love casts out fear. But we also looked in Isaiah chapter 11 last week in lots of other verses that Jesus operated in the fear of the Lord, Abraham operated in the fear of the Lord, Noah built the ark out because, in the, with the fear of the Lord. You could just imagine with Noah building an ark in a society that has never experienced rain, like we have this year. Never experienced rain. He's building an ark. He's building this big boat. And not just in the valley, not by the seashore, but on the mountain. But let alone a boat. <laughs> Somewhere where it's never rained. And let, I mean, okay, you've built a boat, and, uh, but how's it going to float? There's no water and there's no rain. And it, this it wasn't just a an you know, overnight project. This took years. This took decades, if not centuries, to build this ark. And it says, it says in the Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, that he built it, a, 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 um, I forget exactly how it says it, but went in the field of the Lord. And you could just imagine the mockery and the, the criticism that he was getting. He must have been the talk of the town, being foolish, being. Uh, well, what he was doing until it started to rain, until the floods began to come. But, and we, and I've been talking about a lot in this uh, this message. Our can, in these last days, that the, Paul talks about what will happen in the last days, and what Jesus talks a lot about what will happen in these last days, but there will be a lot of deception and there'll be a lot of different deceiving. Deceiving spirits of different kinds and whatnot. We need the wisdom of God to discern between what is God and what is man. Because there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of, and some of them mean well. Some of them don't mean well at all. But we need the wisdom of God to discern what is God and what is man. You would expect someone like Noah. Spending his entire lifetime building this ark, would have hoped that he didn't wasn't wasting all his time, and energy, and resources, building a nice ark, but with no purpose other than to build an ark. But we there's gonna be time, and but that ark was to preserve his life, and his family, and things that could, that things could, the animals and whatnot too. But. We, and it's not just building the ark, but we need the wisdom of God for our lives and for our families in these last days, for our kids, for our grandkids, for our, for our finances, for our marriages, for our relationships. We need the wisdom of God so that we don't operate in the wisdom of man. And I don't have time to teach all that uh, 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 as I taught the last few weeks about the wisdom of God wisdom of man hopefully, yeah. okay, I'm making sense of just in kind of my introductory where I'm going with, kind of trying to tie in a little bit what we talked about in the past. You don't have to turn there, but I talked about Galatians chapter five verse one that Christ has given us freedom. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And what did Christ set us free from? He set us free from, from ultimately sin, and the curse that encompasses that. Sin. All of the curses of the law that were to judge that sin that we are, um, and Christ has set us free. But how many we you know that uh, He said, "I don't know about you, but I'm." Some people have taken that freedom to indulge in sin. But Paul says in Romans chapter six that if we've been free from sin, why would we continue to sin any longer? If we've been set free to uh, have sin, those who are dead to sin. How shall we live any longer than? God did not set us free from sin, though we can continue to sin. He set us free from sin so that we would be free from the tyranny of sin in our lives. Sin won't necessarily destroy this relationship as far as our salvation is concerned, but it will destroy our lives. Sin is still stupid. Sin is still deadly. Sin is still dangerous there is still a consequence and, uh, and uh, um, a danger to sin. And sin won't necessarily destroy God's relationship towards you, but sin will destroy your relationship with God. that makes sense? Adam hid from God because of his sin. God didn't hide from Adam. Man hid from God. And not so much talking about that, but what... what actually, I should have just um, prefaced it. I kind of in with this passage here in Proverbs 8:13 that the, uh, much as we've talked about the fear of the Lord the last couple of weeks, I felt like I just needed to spend one week and it's not necessarily a popular topic to talk about, but it talks about the fear of the Lord is, is to hate evil and there's several scriptures in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament that we if we're going to walk in the wisdom of God if we're gonna walk in the fear of the Lord, and I'm gonna I'm gonna support this with scripture in just a minute, we need to hate evil. We've been set free from sin. We've been set free from evil to walk in liberty and freedom. But we also need to hate evil. That also means that we need to hate it. we in other words, we are not gonna associate with anything as evil. We're not gonna celebrate it, we're not gonna condone it. We're not going to embrace it. That doesn't mean we don't love the sinner. Jesus hung out with the publican and the sinner. But he didn't condone the sin. Paul preached grace. But he also spoke against sin. Christ has set us free from sin. But we also need to walk in the the fear of the Lord, hating evil. Is that making sense? Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend on this in just a, a few moments here. But... The wisdom that is from above will lead us and guide us to abstain from from evil. One thing that bothers me uh, today in in, in some circles with some Christians as well, they preach a message of grace, but they don't always preach a message of abstaining from sin. And some of them actually will embrace sin uh, or embrace different, different things. Uh, that I just can't condone. I can't embrace. I cannot, can, I cannot celebrate and, and embrace those things. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Only the blood of Jesus can sanctify us and make us holy. By the same point in time, the scripture just says, set, uh, set yourselves apart and be holy. Be for, for, um, how do I say Be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. We need to walk a holy life not to become holy, but because we are holy. And I'm, I'm kind of giving my the card before the horse, but I've also talked about this last few weeks. I, talk, I said what the fear of the Lord is not. The fear of the Lord is not a torment in sin. But I spent the last two weeks talking about what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is a respect for God. A respect for His Word. Respect and honor for Him. It's, it's being an awe of God. We've lost some of that awedness towards our Almighty and Holy Magnificent God. And just like I'm going to respect my wife, I'm not going to do things that are going to defile that relationship. I'm not going to do things that would to injure that relationship. I'm not going to do anything that would cause her harm or hurt her feelings or hurt or damage the relationship. Out of respect. And a godly fear for even her. Does that make sense? And so, I'm also, this, the fear of the Lord is not just refraining from evil. We you know that we're going to talk about that aspect today. But it's also, if I'm going to fear the Lord, I'm also going to respect God's word over man's word. If God tells me to build an ark, but the people are laughing at me, I'm going to fear God and obey his word. And not the people. The Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. And in a world, in a society, where there's a lot of voices, and there's a lot of religious voices, and there's a lot of Christian religious voices, we need the the wisdom of God. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning, or the foundation of that wisdom then we need to have a a respect for God. But how are we going to have a respect for God if we don't have a relationship with God? How are we going to know what He says so we can do what He says if we don't have a relationship with Him? is this making sense? And part of that relationship, I don't want this to be the only focus, but I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about part of that relationship is there's certain things that we shouldn't do. And there's certain things that we should hate and refrain and say, I'm not going to open that door. You know, anytime I think of hating sin, I think of Joseph. I think of Joseph, who said, "How can that?" He wasn't so concerned about violating Potiphar's wife, as more, although that would have been a violation to Potiphar. He was more concerned about violating his God. And uh, well, that should be our heart. I'm not going to touch the unclean thing or whatever that might be. We're going to give him some of that in just a second because I don't want to dishonor God. You know, when I, back in the the 80's I did a term paper in high school on Billy Graham and one of the things that always intrigued me about Billy Graham there was a lot of things about his, his history and his ministry but I focused on in mean, this term paper not just his ministry at large although that came out but more on God's call on his life into ministry. I was uh, a little bit of his childhood where his background came from but also uh, the beginning Stages in the, that season of God calling him the beginning seasons before Billy Graham became, as we know, the Billy Graham Crusades and the ministry, and uh, and he's been a very renowned leader, spiritual leader in our in at least our in our in our times. But one of the things that intrigued me that early on and before he became a great preacher, he had already begun to start a little bit behind the scenes and. I hadn't started his crusades yet, but I started ministering a little bit with being mentored. And there was a, uh, someone he looked up to who had fallen into some type of sin or some type of, it was some type of an ordeal and it was caught in a sin. And I can't remember, it's been a while since I've, I've, I've studied this or even read it, even my term paper is one of think I think I still even have in my archives because I've always cherished that study is that Billy made a kind of a bow to himself before the Lord. That he would watch his life so that there would never be something in his life that the enemy could pick at that and destroy his effectiveness in ministry. I'm putting it in my own words. but he And it, it, it Paul talked to this to Timothy, a young pastor. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. By doing so, you will save both yourself and men. How many of the world watches us? Especially someone who gets on a platform. Especially someone who becomes very influential. They, and and especially, uh, they're going to start picking at them. And and if there's a flaw, they're going to find it. And guy wanted to guard guard his his life and his godliness. Not just for his reputation, but so that his reputation, could he can have a reputation so that he can minister the word of God with effectiveness. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's wisdom. That's the wisdom of God. But I think more importantly behind all that, he did not want to, he wanted to respect and honor God. A lot of what I'm describing, even with Brown, that's the fear of the Lord. That's what the fear of the Lord looks like. That's what the fear of the Lord sounds like. It's not being afraid of God. It's honoring Him. It's respecting Him. And if we're going to honor and respect Him, there's some things that we're not going to participate in. There's some things that we're not going to indulge in. And actually, but the Scripture also gets, takes it to another level. There's certain things we're going to hate. Because there's certain things that God hates. And it's okay to hate what God hates. And it's okay to love what God loves. But there's certain things that we're supposed to hate. And I'm not going to go through a list of all those things, even though Proverbs talks about certain things that God hates. And that's not so much the scope of my message. Uh, But hopefully I'm making sense. I haven't got very far, uh, but hopefully I'm making sense. But when when we talk about the fear of the Lord, and we talk about hating anything, there's a lot of people who recoil. They don't like those topics. And I don't I never want sin to become a major topic in our church. We're gonna promote what is right, not so much what is wrong. But at the same point in time, there is because the scripture talks about it, both in the old and new testament, there's some that we need to talk about. So and and part of the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and all that encompasses it. And that I mean any wickedness, any perversion, any darkness. I don't want to associate with those things. There's certain things that we just don't. I don't know if I even know what all of them are but there are certain things that we just want allowed in this home we want more allowed in our lives certain things from not only the things that we watch, we don't even have TV in our home we select the movies that we're going to watch uh, and we're okay with that uh, some people are like, you don't have TV? we never have what do you do? you know, well, we're married for once you know, and uh, we'll play games and we'll play Skippo and all kinds of stuff. We have a good old time, you know. Well, the other night, we our carpets clean, we went bowling for the first time. We were sore that night. <laughs> we used some muscles we hadn't used in a while, some muscles we didn't know we had. But we slept good that night. Uh, but, uh, you know, we just, we have a good old time. We watched some stuff and we probably watched too many movies, now, even the good ones. At the same point in time, it's we choose what we're going to indulge in. You know, um, um, we're not into all this, but we're not into Harry Harry Potter and all that other stuff. We hate that stuff. We won't put up with it. And I, I'm not here to too much teach them all that, but I've heard stories. I've heard things. I've heard nightmares kids have because of their indulgence with, with Pokemon and 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 and, uh, uh, and Harry Potter. I hate that stuff. And then, uh but there's, there's some things I even hate more than that. There's some things that, there's just some religi- religiosity that I see sometimes in the churches. And I hate that almost more. Because it gives a bad image of God. It gives a wrong image of God. And, and so, and even when we're talking about hating sin, there's a lot of pastors out there and teachers that will just teach, talk sin to death. I don't want to talk sin to death. Sin is already dead. Romans chapter 6, it says that sin is already dead. But I, that doesn't mean I don't. Uh, we shouldn't talk about the certain things that we should hate. Does that make sense? Um, okay. I lost my train of thought in my notes. Um, let me just say this. In Colossians 1.13, Paul says that God has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness. And he has translated us or conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. If we're not in the kingdom of darkness anymore, then why are we associated? Why would we want to? Why would we be tempted? Or why would we um, associate with the kingdom of darkness? Um, let me just say, uh, I'll save that for Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. I'm trying to get back onto page with my notes here. Is this making sense so far? A lot of what I've been sharing uh, so far has been kind of introductory, but also uh, trying to summarize what I've talked about the last five weeks. Um, We're going to pick up verse 6, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 6, we'll pick it up, and I'm going to read out the New King James. verse 6, and then we'll I'll uh, we'll start verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also said in another place, You are priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with vehement ven- ven- cries and t- tears to him, who was able to save him from death. It was heard because of his godly fear. He was heard from him because of his godly fear. We'll, we'll, we'll stop there just for a second. A couple of different things I just want to bring out. In Hebrews chapter 5, also 6, and, and we'll, 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 uh, the writer will pick it up again in verse, uh, chapter 7. The writer of Hebrews is talking about Christ being our high priest someone who is the high priest is also what we would know as the chief justice. Uh, uh, G- I don't have time to teach all this right now. But, see a lot of times when I'm talking about sin and hating sin people think I'm talking about an old covenant. I'm talking about from the, the, the Old Testament. But how many know that we are in a new covenant? We are under a new priesthood. And that priesthood is Jesus. Jesus is the high priest of this new covenant, of this priesthood. And of this because he is our high priest, he is also our chief of justice. And someone who is the chief of justice, whatever they say, is the final matter on him. He is the, not only our chief of justice, but he is also the living word. He is the word of God. And when God says something, that word is final. And so when it comes down to it, I am going to obey my high priest. I am going to obey the word. I am going to obey the the chief justice, my king versus man. If the two ever oppose one another, I'm going to obey God. And not man. Um, see, oh, I'll hold up that. Back. Because we are, um, did i verse, uh, read verse 7. Did I verse 7? Yeah, no, I did read verse 7. Excuse me, sorry. See, we are under a new priesthood, under a new kingdom. But it says at the end of verse 7 that Jesus, when he prayed, he was heard because of his godly fear. If you read that same verse in the New Living Translation, it says that he heard it because of his deep reverence for God. The Amplified brings it out this way, that his reverence towards God and his godly fear, what I'm trying to bring out right now is that again, I'm trying to restate that this, this fear of the Lord that we're talking about is not a tormenting fear of being afraid of God. It's a reverence for God. It's a respect for God. How many We know this of Jesus. Jesus didn't do anything without hearing from his Father. Jesus didn't do anything without being having a respect and a fear for his Father, for God. There are times where what Jesus said and what Jesus was doing opposed the, the, the belief of the people. There are times in Jesus' ministry that the religious leaders were opposed to what Jesus was saying what Jesus was teaching and what Jesus was doing. One of those examples was healing on the Sabbath. The the religious leaders were opposed to that. The religious leaders were opposed to much of Jesus' ministry. But Jesus operated in the field of the Lord where he was going to obey God, his Father versus man, including the leaders of the church, including the high priests of an old covenant, because Jesus is the high priest of a new covenant. That makes sense. But, I'm, why am I bringing this out? First of all, first of all, we are, He is our King. We're talking about being a fear of the Lord. We're talking about a respect for God. See, we, we are in a, such a society today, people don't respect anybody. People don't respect marriages. People don't respect their parents. People don't respect the, 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 our governments. And i and, and, uh, and, and all kinds of, of the, uh, every level of relationship the employers, employees people don't respect people people don't respect god and so in some of these circles there's reasons for that because of abuse and because of wickedness and perversions of different kinds and I get that, but it's created a society where we don't respect anybody we don't have honor and respect and just uh, dignity with anybody. And so the concept is so, so far. and that the, on, the, on the other side, we hear a message of grace, which we preach here, we teach here, we teach a message of grace, but grace also d- t- teaches us to deny ungodliness. We're talking about hating evil, which is denying ungodliness, but grace will teach that. And if grace teaches that, then we teach that. I don't want that to become the primary focus, but I'm teaching about the priests of God and, and Jesus being our not only our high priest, but also our example of many things. And he respected God. He respected his Father. Even if it wasn't respected by the people. Even if it wasn't popular. There's been some situations we have had to endure in our own lives, and recently, where we're trying our best to respect God's word and how they handle it, and in doing so some have embraced that and some have acknowledged that, but some have also opposed that. And when it comes down to it, we are going to obey God and not man. And um, hopefully I'm making sense with some of this. Um, hopefully with all of it, but I'm hoping making making make, make some sense. And I was, I'm also trying to paint a picture. Jesus operated in the fear of the Lord. I'm also trying to paint the picture. This is what the fear of the Lord looks like. He respected and honored God and versus man. Let's read on verse 8 and 9. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Verse 9. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Jesus became the author of salvation to all who obey. You know, Jesus, again, is the high priest over the temple of God. The Bible says, I don't have time to give into all right now, but we are the temple of God. We, the church, we, his people, are the temple of God. We've been sanctified, we've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the, the temple, the temple of God in the book of Hebrews talks about this, it's not made with hands, but it's made by God. We have been made in, it says in Ephesians 4 that we have been created according to God in his likeness, in true righteousness and true holiness. We are the temple of God. And Jesus is the high priest over this temple, us. That makes sense? We are the temple of God, and He is the author of salvation for all who obey Him, for all who have hearkened to His voice. Uh, and, uh, I'm trying to. Uh, let, let's go here. This probably will help with this. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter seven. no sin is wrong. We all know sin is, is not good. And I never and I never want to be one who talks about sin a lot. And, and in, a, in a sense because I don't want to talk about the problem. I want to talk about the solution. And that is our relationship with God. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus became sin he crucified that sin. He buried our sin. As Romans 6 says, sin is dead. We are, I want to focus on who we are in Christ. But because we are in Christ Jesus, we also need to refrain from sin. We also need that grace that we've received will teach us to deny godliness. And in that, we need to respect and honor God. We need to respect Him with our life, Not just in the things that we shouldn't do, but also in the things that we should do. That includes we should lay hands on the sick and sin in recovery. We should love one another. We should forgive one another. We should bear with one another. There's a lot of things that we should do and a lot of them relate to one another because all the commandments hinge on these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. You can summarize everything back into those two things. And even in the New Testament, especially in the book of John, John says, I give you a new, Jesus said many times, I give you a new commandment, but it's not really a new commandment that we love one another and uh and and so, and John talks about it in first John, and also in second John and third John, he talks a lot about loving one another, how we need to love one another, and so um, but we can't love one another as we shouldn't until we receive his love until we're walking in this relationship that we should with him, and when we 're walking in this relationship with him, and he is our high priest, and we have respect and honor for God, we will have respect and honor for one another. that makes sense. I know, notice that I am more respectful and honoring one another almost accidentally, if I can almost put it that way. When I, in this relationship, is where it should be. When I'm struggling with this relationship, for whatever the reason may be, I'm struggling in these relationships too. That makes sense? And if I'm going to fix or operate as I should, despite how they're operating with me, I've got to get this in line. But, so, so a lot, we can't hate evil like we should. A lot of that evil has to do with other people. <laughs> Besides our own lusts and different things. Uh, whatever that may be. But we're not, the Bible says also that the, the, uh, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So the key is walking in the spirit, the spirit of wisdom, to overcome the flesh. At the same point in time, there are certain things where we just need this. We have to have this mentality of hating some things. And, and denying some things that we shouldn't do. Second uh, Corinthians chapter seven verse one. Now, I mean, no, and this is just a chapter seven comes after chapter five. Chapter five verse twenty one is my favorite verse that I teach the most in this church, and I just quoted it: "He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him." That's the context that Paul's been talking about in Second Corinthians. Verse 7, and it starts with the word therefore. Therefore means therefore. So he's he's tacking on what he's been saying in the previous chapters, and we're going to look at chapter 6 in just a second. But therefore, having these promises, therefore having these promises, or having this grace, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and in the fear of the Lord. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from it didn't say of all filthness, but from all of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Now I need to highlight something real quick. The, the word spirit here is not talking about how many we know we're spirit, soul and body. This spirit is actually we you you study the, the Greek out, it's talking about the soul. It's talking about the mind, more specifically, the the the, 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 this, the this word spirit is actually talking about attitudes, or attitudes. Let I me mean, you know that we can be. Let me just say that we're made spirit and so body. and we taught about this church, and we will continue to teach in this church that, uh, our, if you, we are in Christ, we are a one, Our spirit man is one hundred percent born again. It's born again at the incorruptible seed of Christ. It's born of God. It's born of the nature of God. That has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now that cannot be contaminated. But our minds can't. We need to be renewed. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Okay. we are Our spirit man is sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. But how do you know that just because we're born again doesn't mean we we always have the right attitude. Doesn't always mean that we have the right attitude. We we don't make mistakes, and how I many of you know that sometimes even when we're born again, we sometimes our fle- if we allow it—we let our flesh to take advantage of us. And we—I'm you know, not just you know, usually the, the crowd I'm talking here, I'm not just talking about immoral type of sins, uh, debauchery, different kinds of things of that nature. But it can be from gossip to things that we think about, things that we think about towards one another, things that we think about uh, towards ourselves. One thing that Sherry and I are probably guilty of, and we do this and we we catch each other on it, is that we're negative towards ourselves. We voice that. And that's wrong. That's unhealthy. That's not good to talk negative about ourselves. Because if we're talking negative about ourselves, we can't love, we're supposed to love one another as we love ourselves. Well, we don't even love ourselves, and we're going to have a very hard time loving one another. You know, something's wrong with that. And even if it's just joking or whatever, it's not, and, and, and I'm pointing the finger at myself, but I know a lot of us do it because we pastor, we minister a lot of people. They talk naked about themselves. And even if they don't voice it, they're thinking it. We are, all of us are our worst critic. We will say things, we think things about ourselves that we would never say about sometimes other people. It doesn't mean we're not thinking it there too sometimes. You know, and, uh, <clears throat> um, but it says, therefore having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh in the spirit, per- perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Um, I was reading Andrew's commentary on this and he, he just, one of the things he emphasized is that uh, it says that uh, uh, let us cleanse ourselves from all unfilteredness. They didn't say, ourselves, of all filthiness. We can't cleanse ourselves. Only the blood of Jesus can. But we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we there's some things that we need to put out. There's some things that sometimes, there's something that we just, we can't let them get in the camp. We can't let them be exposed. That's why we don't have TV. Uh, as far as secular TV and different things. That's why we don't have certain things, or we don't have any desire for it. But that's, that's part of my point, too, is that when we're born again, I, know, I don't know about you, but our desires change. And when we're walking in the fear of the Lord, when we're respecting and honoring God, there's some things that we just don't desire. There's some things that we just don't want to play with. And then we're, we're talking about perfecting ourselves and, and hope, it says perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Our spirit man is 100% perfect when it becomes born again. But sometimes the rest of our lives are not perfect yet. When I'm looking for perfection in someone's life, I'm not looking that they don't make mistakes. But I am looking at an attitude that they have a desire now to please God. They have a desire now to bless God. They don't have a desire to toy with different things, and some of those desires, I realize it can be a process of re-recharging. You know, if you were to reboot a computer, reprogram a computer, or whatever, sometimes you've got to just re- erase the memory, and you got to erase different things so you can rebuild it. I don't know how to do all that, and I, I don't know, you know I'm saying everything right, but but sometimes you just have to 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 erase things. You have to. That sometimes I know you can do this. I don't know exactly how to do it, but you can. Pick uh, a start date and have the computer return back to a certain start date, and it forgets everything that happened between this time and that time. We need to be re- reprogrammed. We we uh, we're transformed. That word transformed metamorphosis, just like a caterpillar to a butterfly. I don't know if you guys saw them where you were at, but we saw we uh, not too long about ago. Uh, well, we, saw, we had thousands and thousands of butterflies here. that were migrating up north. You know. And, uh, and so, and those caterpillars I mean, those were all caterpillars yeah. <laughs> at one point. You know, and, uh, um, but they were transformed. They're no longer a worm, they're now a flying insect. And, I mean, they all look happy, from what I can tell. You know, they're just happy flying all in the same direction. And, uh, um, but, uh, anyway, I don't know how God knows all that. But we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. But if we don't renew do our minds, there's areas of our lives that are not going to be transformed. There's areas of our lives that are not going to be perfected. And if I'm listening to the wrong voices, if I'm listening to the wrong messengers, that is not going to help my life be transformed. I need to hear God. And I need to have a relationship with God so that I can walk in the fear of the Lord and respect and honor Him. But what I'm looking for in people's lives is not so much that they have everything down I'm looking at their attitude their heart that they want to please God we talked about this a couple weeks ago without faith it's impossible to please God we can't please God if we're not going to walk in faith why, why, is that, why is that such a displeasure because if we're not walking in faith in his grace then his grace cannot be appropriate in life It's, it's uh, faith in his grace but if we don't have faith, then his grace cannot be appropriate in our life the way he wants it to. The way he died for it to be. That's one of the main... How many of you know, even if you have children, you love your kids kids unconditionally. But that doesn't mean by their actions and their decisions and their behaviors, they're always being a pleasure to you. That makes sense? And some things that they do, some choices that they made, some actions that they've done, some... Things that they've said can be a displeasure to you. You still love them. You're, you're, nothing's going to, to tweak that relationship in that regard. But but, uh, but, you're, but when, you're, when your children are walking in the ways of the Lord, when they're walking in the fear of the Lord, when they're making good decisions, when they're like, that is pleasurable. that makes sense? Let me say this too. We're talking about uh, hating evil. And I haven't really got into that subject so much. But most of what I'm talking about so far is just kind of the, the really the field of the Lord. Because the field of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's a foundation of wisdom. But if we don't have the fear of the Lord, we're not going to hate evil. We're not going well, to. It just it just can't happen. But one way that I look at when I talk about sin defiling our lives even though we are in Christ even and in, 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 in this message of grace that we've embraced that we can't lose our salvation. Let me, for example, let me just think of a marriage for example. If you have a marriage in a marriage among other things, you are separated to each other. That means you, as far as sex and different things, you're not going to play around with other, other people. You're not going to have a relationship with other people in that regard. Because you're separated unto each other. And not just regarding the marriage bed, but you're you separated. But in that marriage, you don't want to do anything that would be a displeasure to that person. You don't want to hurt that person. And so in that, in that regard, you're going to have a holy fear of not of. Them and not, what's the word I want to look for? You're not uh, going to disrespect and dishonor that marriage by having adultery or having an affair, among other things. That makes sense? But let's just say in a marriage, one of the partners does have an affair, does have an adult, commit adultery, unless they uh, one of them files for divorce that marriage is still marriage but that adultery that affair defiled that marriage that makes sense mm-hmm. just because we are in sin doesn't mean that God is alienated from us but it will defile the relationship it will defile different things about the relationship mainly because we want to have a, a wrong relationship towards him but what I'm more focusing on too is that because I love God, because I'm in relationship with God, he who knew no sin became sin that I might be the righteousness of God, that I might be in right relationship with him. I don't want to do anything that would offend him, that would, that would, that would disrespect his word, disrespect his principles or defile or affect this relationship. I don't want to get anything and I don't want to get anything in the way. Just like a marriage couple don't want to find anything that will get in the way to this relationship, not just out of adultery, but also doing things that we should do. I want to protect this relationship. I want to do everything that the relationship can be to the highest potential and experience everything we have that God designed for marriage. I want everything I God has for me in this life. But if I don't it's not because even God is mad at me, but I also know that if I indulge in different, certain sins, it's not because this relationship is bad, but I've also opened the door for the enemy to come in and, and, and eat my lunch and pop the bag. When, how do you know that when we indulge in sin, when we tolerate sin, and we even embrace it, or are we, are we condone it, or we just, we, uh, we, we cope with it, we're also many times opening a door. For the enemy to come and destroy our marriage, our finances, our lives, spiritually speaking. This goes back to what we were talking about for a few weeks ago in James chapter 3. The wisdom that's from, that's earthly, is sensual. It's earthly, it's demonic. There's envy and strife. There's every evil work. But the wisdom that's from above is pure. It's peaceable. It's, it's gentle. is willing, willing to be entreated. It's full mercy, and without partiality, without hypocrisy. But when we don't see, we need to pursue wisdom. But we also need to, to refrain from evil. So not because one, one of the things is I don't want the enemy to have any inroad in my life. I don't want to have enemy have enemy have any inroad in my my situation. I can I can overcome those things by the blood of the lamb. Hopefully, I'm making sense here this morning. It's says that some people we. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be walking from miracle to miracle. I want to be walking in divine health. I want to be walking in divine integrity. I want to be walking in divine uprightness, where it's like Samuel, that his words did not fall to the ground. He had favor with God and favor with man, even though at times when Jesus had favor with man and favor with God. I understand there's people who are going to come around, and they're just going to try to twist that, to twist the things we said. But at the same point in time, I want to be like Billy Graham. I don't want there to be any guile in my life. I don't want there to be anything in my life. Not just for people that have the wrong perception of me or to, to affect my reputation. But I also don't want the enemy to have an inroad in my life, and my ministry. I want to live up a potential. I, I want to be like Joseph. I want to please God with everything in my life. That's the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is not just running to God and embracing God, it's also saying, "I'm not doing what this. I'm not doing what any need of the sin. And how do we do that? And how, okay, I'm not talking about so much how we do that, but I believe if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, we embrace a relationship with God, we respect His word, we hear His word, and we say, "I will do what God said and I don't care what anyone else says." The secret for me, my life, there have been times in my life, in my past, I've had addictions and stuff. But as I pursue the Lord, as I pursue a relationship with God, I stopped having a desire for any of those things. I didn't even have to be so purposeful in denying them so much. I just needed to pursue God, and those things became dissatisfactory. That makes sense. But there are some areas because they were tempting. I had to put roadblocks and said, I'm not gonna. Not only am I not gonna open the door, I'm not even gonna put a door there. I gotta put a cement block, and we're not going to go there. I'm going to cut the bridge. I'm going to cut out any connection with it. Because I am pursuing God. And not only do I want to pursue God, I want to have everything God has for me. I don't want to have to keep putting out fires behind my back because I've opened a door to an inroad from the enemy. I want to pursue God. I also don't want to have an inroad from the enemy to, rep- to ruin my reputation from doing what God's called me to do. That makes sense? And there's other areas where we... Open the door to the enemy in relationships, in our marriages, in our finances, and different and, and, uh, uh. But, I don't know about you, but we've lost some, somewhere, in the, sometimes in this message of grace. The message, too, that also says that we are to deny ungodliness. We are to be holy. We are holy by the blood of Jesus. But we're also supposed to live a godly life. We're supposed to hate evil. Um, let's, let's, a couple more scriptures and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, we're in Second Corinthians chapter. Let's, let's back it up, verse six, chapter six, verse. We'll start verse fourteen. I hope that makes sense. With that. We just read Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. But Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one begins with the word therefore. I want to back it up and read the context a little bit. The context that he's talking about before he says, therefore, it starts with verse 14. and actually goes up foot in my one verse 14. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with belial? And what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God, and we are the temple of God with idols. For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them, and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. There's a lot there. Mm. I've already touched on a lot of this. Mm. But this is Paul, quoting from the Old Testament. Paul, as we know, the apostle of grace teaching us, the church, to not touch the unclean thing. To not be equally, unequally yoked. I'm not just talking about in marriages and relationships where I think, I don't know about you, but I got taught down the good to death, almost. It's a good thing to be taught. But there's also other things I don't need to be equally yoked with. I, whether it be something in my mind, a habit, an addiction, or uh, whatever it might be, but there's some things I don't need to toy with. What fellowship does light have with darkness? What fellowship does God, or harmony, does God have with the devil? I, there's something I just don't need to be playing with. I don't need to have association with. Whether it be talk, uh, what I talk about, what I watch and listen to, Sometimes, sometimes some people who I associate with. Jesus hung out with the publicans and sinners. So I'm not so much talking about rejecting people. But at the same point in time, if that you know, there's a difference between, there's a difference between me getting on the world's team and getting the world on our team. And but and we will have Friendships and to a certain level with the world. Jesus did. at they, they, uh, the same point in time, he was not unequally yoked with them. He hung out with his disciples. He didn't even hang out. He actually didn't do anything with the religious leaders. Uh, uh, he hung out more with the publicans and sinners than he did with the, with the religious leaders. Do you see the difference in relationships how he handled it? But that doesn't mean we don't have any association. With the world, but and a lot of that has to do with where we are too spiritually. Where we, are, we mature enough to be able to have it. There's some new believers, some young believers. They're they're still they're still walking the fence, and they're, they're still they're not they're not there's no fear of the Lord. No, they're, they're still working on it. It would be premature to, 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 to do what Jesus did as far as hanging out with the publicans and the sinners, because they would be too persuaded to walk in their ways. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Not so much to talk about it. I feel like I'm talking to a youth group and, uh, with this type of language, but we all, even as adults, uh, no matter what age we are, uh, uh, you know, I remember even my grandmother's, uh, sometimes we would, uh, uh, when she babysitted me, she'd take me to the senior center. And sometimes some of their conversations, uh, some of them were just gossip. There was just nothing but gossip. And I, even as a, a young child, I, just, I didn't. Uh, Made me know as gossip, but I was like, "This is just a bunch of junk." Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm watching a soap opera. You know, and she watched those too. You know, it just... uh, uh. Anyway, I'm not trying to. You know, but it, I hope I'm just making sense, but it's just... uh, there's just something that we just don't need to associate with. We, uh, um, we don't need to uh, be in harmony with. But I do like this part. He says, says, uh, and he brings us out. He says, in verse 16, for you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I always come back to this verse in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The me, that's the fear of the Lord. The man Christ lives. I try to make it, and I'm not perfect at this, but every morning I get up and say, Lord, what, what, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to Because I have a, I have a lot to do, I have a big to-do list, uh, and my, uh, some people think I do nothing all day long, but I have to do a lot, I work almost 80 hours a week, but it doesn't feel like it because I love what I do, but at the same point in time I have to let the Lord prioritize what I do. And because of my nature, I can also let things drop and pick up, if someone calls or something, I can do that. Um, you know, and, and whatnot. And so, um, but I always ask, and there's, I have to wear several hats for a small church. Sometimes I have to put out my admin hat and do a bunch of admin stuff. Sometimes I'm working on a website right now, so I'm doing some marketing type things. Sometimes I have to, stu- I have to study and different things. Sometimes I'm doing pastoral stuff. Uh, so, uh, once in a while I'll take a break and I uh, just do something that's fun and what not. Um, somewhere that I eat. Um, but it just, uh, uh, but I always have to. What, what should I do today? What should I focus on today? And sometimes when I get a call, sometimes when I, uh, when we hang out with people, uh, just, okay, sometimes I am praying up well, what should we talk about? What should, what should we do? What should, you know, um. And certain relationships that begin to develop, and friendships at different levels, and different intensities, I'm constantly praying, Lord, uh, how, where should we go with this relationship? And I might not necessarily sit down and, and write a bunch of bullet points about certain things, but I'm th- I'm, my mind is constantly thinking and being prayerful-minded. Lord, how should you want me to operate? Is that making sense? Why? Because I want to please Him. I want to do what He wants me. I want to please him not in the sense I'm afraid of him, I'm afraid of God and I'm going to lose my salvation if I don't, but I want to be effective. I want to be effective with my time. I want to be effective with my life. I also don't want to, there's been been some times where, uh, I can't think of an example, but there have been times where the Lord has put a a safeguard on our hearts to say, no, be careful with this friendship. Be careful with this relationship or whatever the case may be. And so we'll we'll be a little more tactful, a little more reserved. Uh especially uh I mean this almost goes without saying, especially if I'm a pastor and I get some female reaching out to me. And they're being uh, very uh I don't know, forward with the anything. I you know, I mean so that goes without saying. But it's just not gonna go there. You know, and and uh, maybe it's some uh, situation where we didn't even know we opened the door, but we opened the door to something. And just the wisdom to get out of that. And it be like Joseph or whatever the case may be, you know, how to get out of that situation. And, uh, and sometimes it's, or, uh, maybe not something like that, but it can be something totally different where, you know what? I just made a mistake. I, whatever I did, I, made, I just I, I messed up whatever it might be. Let me share coming to me or vice versa or someone else. And just the wisdom of the Lord, how to deal with it. Okay? How do how do we deal with this mistake? How do we deal with this issue? You know, and so uh, you know, a l- lot of the verses that we talk about, wisdom and proverbs are a lot of the verses are surrounded with verses about mercy. God's mercy. In the same in the same chapter that uh, we Make and trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your under understanding, and all your ways of knowledge him, he will direct your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. And actually, let's go there real quick. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, 5. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and what? Depart from Him. But if, you, if we were to scroll back up, verse 3 says, "Do not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. write him on the top of your heart. Oh, he's talking about mercy. But anyway, he's saying, no, Don't be wise in your own eyes. But in the midst of talking about trusting the Lord, he says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Feel the Lord and depart from evil.
1: Throughout the book of
0: Proverbs, and this is where I'm switching gears as I close this session of our, 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 our message this morning. You'll find this phrase, or something similar to this in several passages of Scripture, in Proverbs. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Solomon, and you'll see this in the the New Testament as well, that when we fear the Lord, you can also see this phrase, depart from evil, or hate evil. Those two things will go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot fear the Lord and embrace evil. You have to depart from it, and when when it, when there's also the instruction to depart from evil or hate evil, that also tells me there's something we need to do. There's an attitude. There's a decision. You know, there's there's I see myself hanging up the phone, or closing the door, or hitting the off switch, leaving, walking away. There's a departing. There's something that there's a there's a switch. There's a there's a decision. There's a turning away from something. In fear of the Lord, we I mean, yes, it's included in fear of the Lord, but there's an added instruction of departing from evil. That is not be that is not being wise in your own eyes. That is the wisdom of God. That makes sense? Uh Proverbs 813, we already already read that earlier. Proverbs 16.6, it's going to be a few different scriptures as we close out close out this morning. Proverbs sixteen six. In mercy and truth, is that word mercy again? Atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord one departs from evil. Psalm ninety seven. Psalm ninety seven. Beginning with verse 10, it says, You who love the Lord, what hate evil? Explanation mark. He preserves the souls of the saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous, and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice, in the Lord, your, your righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. But it says, you who love the Lord, hate evil. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13, starting with verse 19. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. There's a little twist on what we've been talking about. It says in Verse 19 it says, But it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. We call what a lot of fools do as an abomination to the Lord. There's some sins that they're indulging with. But to the fools, they think of us fearing the Lord is abomination. And we hear that a lot, especially in our culture today. The world, and a lot of, lot of the, um, um, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for, but a lot of the world that's indulging in a lot of the sins they are today, they are attacking the church. And one of the areas that are attacking the church is unmoral. And one, and any time we talk about fearing the Lord, and honoring the Lord, and talking about hating sin, they, call, they think that we are abomination. We're hearing that type of language in our society today. It's in, in Facebook. It, in, it's in the media. It's there. They're calling evil good, and good evil. And the Bible says that that would happen. In the last days, and that is happening. Mm -hmm. And we need the wisdom of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To discern what is actually good and what is actually evil, we need that because our society is teaching the opposite. They're teaching the opposite in the classrooms. They're teaching the opposite by the politics. They're teaching the opposite. They're changing the rules. They're changing. They're turning it upside down. And if we do not have a relationship with God, walking in the fear of the Lord, we will tolerate, embrace what is evil and hate what is good. Our society is doing that. Much of our young people in different cults, some of them can't even tell the difference between a male and a female today. They've created other genders and everything, and they call us an abomination for fearing the Lord and teaching the truth that there is male and female. And, and, and I don't want to get into all that. I'm not trying to talk, talk politics. But when we <coughs> we see this even in the book of Corinthians that they will they think that the wisdom of God is foolishness. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is the wisdom of God. But to them it's an abomination. That's a red flag. And we cannot associate with that thought. That, that. We love God and and, and hate evil. We love them. Even though I'm saying we hate evil, I am not saying we hate them. They think we do. They think we hate them because we don't tolerate their behaviors. <coughs> and philosophies. But they're not the culprit. The enemy is. The enemy is. I talked about it a little bit last week, but it's the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit of Antichrist, we've seen this throughout history. The spirit of Antichrist will always uh, influence people to create laws to promote their behavior. But it's not so much to promote their behavior, that they create laws so they can legally persecute the church. (coughs) We see this with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The kingdom again measure, and the, 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 the statue was the law. And they didn't bow down, they would be thrown in the fire furnace. It was a law created to persecute them. And execute them, and prosecute them. We see with Daniel, he was praying, the creator laws, couldn't pray. If he did, he would be prosecuted and executed in the lion's den. You see this with the, the, the apostles, Don't preach in the name of Jesus they not they were arrested and, and, and flocked and and, and uh, eventually they were, they were martyred. <coughs> we see this with Jesus. Don't heal on the Sabbath. They created loss. They persecuted, they prosecuted, they executed. We see it's not new. It's the same spirit of Antichrist. And we see that happening today. We saw that hap we see we saw that happening with Hitler. It's all that happened with other, 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 other countries throughout the, uh, throughout the ages, we've seen that. It's not new. It's something that's happened throughout the ages, and it's happening today. It's happening in our society today. But they call it, uh, and, and uh, Zephaniah talks about this in other books, like that, when they call evil good, and good evil. And they call what we call, as the wisdom of God, they call what we call the wisdom of God abomination. Uh, two more and then I'm done. Romans 12.9 Romans 12.9 It says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. The Amplified says it this way, It says, hate what is evil, loathe all ungodliness, churn it whore from wickedness. You know, it bothers me when people don't abhor evil. That's a bad sign. Abhor, when someone abhors something, you know it. They're disgusted with it. They, they 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 loathe about it. They, they now, at the same point in time, even though we abhor wickedness, we're clinging to what is good. There's some people I know they mean well, but and I see this on Facebook with a few different people, and I I, 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 I I'm there with their frustration about what's going on in our world today. And, and they're angry at what's going on in our world today. The problem I have with that is not so much their anger, but that's all they talk about. They don't talk about anything good. They don't cling to what is good. They don't promote the gospel of Christ. They abhor evil, and I, I applaud that. But I also, there's no message. There's no hope. There's no gospel being preached. There's no, there's no wisdom of God. There's a, there's a fear of the Lord in a sense, but a lot of it is just it's, it's doing what the, 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 the world doing. Just pointing finger. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I, I want to I abhor evil, but I also want to cling what is good. Paul talked about, and this is Paul writing, he talked a lot about evil, but we know him as Apostle Grace. He taught the grace of God. He taught the message of God. He taught the gospel. Of God. He taught Christ and him crucified. In the midst of that message, he did talk about abhorring evil. But that wasn't his main message. that makes sense? Uh, I hope I'm, I'm making sense with that. Because I, uh, I see that in the world. I, in other words, I've seen in the, the, the ch- church. I see there's that but I'm not seeing the gospel. I'm not seeing, And so uh, I believe we need to balance that in the right context. And then my last one is Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. It's actually the last two verses of Ecclesiastes. Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14. And Solomon writes, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. <laughs> Everything he just wrote. Everything he just wrote in his whole book, you know, and I don't know if you ever read read Ecclesiastes. There was a time in my life in 2006 I was discouraged and going through something discouraging. And and then that time, there was a four-month season there where I I read through the whole Bible in four months. It wasn't too much because I was trying to be super spiritual. It's just that I I had a lot of time and I read it. And and I wanted to be in the Word and so I just got the Word and... uh, Sometimes when you're discouraged, sometimes it's hard to get motivated. Uh, when you're discouraged, and so I didn't know, I didn't, uh, and I didn't even have a lot of messages I have now about. I hadn't heard Andrew uh, and all that, and so I just got into Word and whatnot. So my one particular day when I was feeling really, really discouraged, my day, my my my, my I was reading to the book in, in order. That particular day, I was reading Ecclesiastes. And I get to the part when Psalm says, Vanity, vanity, everything's vanity. And I'm just like, pretty much. Because <laughs> in that season, that, that's what it felt like. And so I didn't feel very inspired that day from uh, reading Ecclesiastes. So there's certain times where I don't recommend the book. Uh, I'm not saying there's not some wisdom in this book, and, uh, but there's uh, just some times that just not... Uh, there's some books that just do not hit it. Job can be one of those books at times. and There's just some other passages of scriptures where it just says uh, uh probably not public to read that at that time unless you have a good heart. Uh but here. But it says but he's saying, let us hear the conclusion of the matter on the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. When I when I see keeping his commandments, I'm not so much focused on the Ten Commandments. In other words, fear God and do what he says. If he's our high priest, if he's our king, if he's our master, then fear him, respect him, and do what he says. For this is man's, well, this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And we know that God has already judged us in Christ Jesus. He who knew that sin became sin that we might become the righteous of God. If sin is death, as Paul says, "If I'm dead to sin, why do I want to live in any longer?" I'm the flesh is our enemy with God. It was our enemy, God. It was we were alienated from the life of God. And while we were enemies of God in the flesh, God Christ died for us. But I want to. But there's a lot of scriptures. And I have a lot of times even teaching this, because I don't like teaching so much on sin. That's not what I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to teach, of the Lord. But in that process, hate what is evil. And, and what does that hate look like? I, I think that Paul said it the best, word. It's not just saying the words. It's just, there's certain things that I just hate. I mean, for example, Brussels sprouts. I do not like Brussels sprouts. I won't go near them. I don't want to smell them. I definitely won't ever buy them. I mean, if someone else brings them, or but I'm not going to judge them. God bless you. I know God made them, and uh, be blessed with it. I'm just not going to have anything to do with that. There's another thing I just don't like. I mean, I don't like soda. I don't like beer and other things. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like cigarette smoke. There's just some things I don't. I'm, I'm not, I don't have anything against the people. I just don't like it. I mean I know we're going to in and out It's different now when I used to work there, but in the town of Harbor where I worked at, especially Friday, Saturday night when it, uh, we had a lot of partyers and hang out in the parking lot, they would just uh, uh, hang out there. By the almost it seemed like by the hundreds and the, I work we all, uh, some of us always wanted to call the cops and get them out of there but the manager always wanted around so they was bringing some business was, I think they were also distracting some of the good business <laughs> they were buying stuff but they were most of them were junk and every once in a while we get a brawl out there and everything things and it was always ugly and probably but nowadays they, they don't even put up with that but uh. But I, we would always have to go up after night after after a hour shift, two in the morning, and go up there and clean up all that mess. And it just reeked with beer and alcohol and alcohol, whatever else they they did. Just the smell of it, you know. Uh, if you want to go home? You're tired. It's two in the morning. You know uh, you have to clean all this up. Just the smell of it. I still like it. I you know, will never find me walking down the liquor aisle. I'm not against. Uh, people who drink for pleasure to a certain degree. I'm not necessarily promoting it, don't get me wrong. But I don't have, I, I'm, I would guess, drunkenness. Mm-hmm. I'm not, against you know, different things, But I don't have any desire for it. And some of it, I just don't, uh, I almost want to say there's a hatred for it. I totally hate drunkenness. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there's certain things I do hate. And I hate abuse. I hate when anyone's being abused. Bullied by any way, shape, or form. It might not be physical, it might be all mental and verbal. I do not like it. uh, That type of stuff. I don't like it when people are not forgiving. uh, partly some of the things that we've gone through. But I just hate that. I hate that. And so because I hate it, I'm not gonna participate in that. I'm not gonna do it. I'm trying to paint a picture of what hate looks like. It's hard to hate something when you when you in your heart you still love it. You still like it. You still want to indulge with it. Or you're still tempted with it. Uh, yeah, but uh, but we feel the Lord. When we feel the Lord, how do we feel the Lord? It's, it's respecting God, respecting His Word. How you get to respect His Word if you don't have a relationship with His Word? Starting next week, I think a couple of weeks ago, we're going to talk about the seven pillars of wisdom. I've been wanting to get here for a while. The seven pillars, the book of Proverbs talks even, talks about it in Proverbs 9.1, but he lists the seven pillars in Proverbs chapter 1. And there's seven pillars, we're going to be looking at these, that build up the house of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the foundation. It's the beginning. That's why I started with this. That's why I spent so much time talking about the fear of the Lord, because it's the foundation. But on that foundation of the fear of the Lord are seven pillars that build up the house. You can't build the pillars. You can't build the house if the foundation's not laid. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Lord, we just worship you. We exalt you. We magnify you. Well, I know in some ways this could be a sobering message, but Lord, help us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Help us to fear you and to hate what is evil. Lord, help us to be discerning, Lord, we know the enemy's main number one tactic is to deceive. But we don't want to be deceived. And we don't want anything in our lives to cause a reproach towards you and your name and our effectiveness. But we want to please you in our lives. We want to honor you. We want to magnify you. But we thank you. We worship you in your name and give you thanks. Amen. Amen.